Hey, good morning, everybody. It is another episode of Leveling Up with Brigham Blackham. Guys, we have a very special guest on today. His name is Nate Drew. So grateful to, to have him and be able to talk a little bit more about why to scale your business. One of the things I really appreciate uh, is we were able to talk on his podcast, uh, Ace in the Hole, and I learned a little bit that he is a television reality personality. Uh, he has been able to help scale businesses live and be able to help people in so many different ways. And I'm so grateful to have him uh, share his expertise today. And also, we're just going to have a great conversation. I'm, I'm okay. super excited to get to know you a little bit better. And yeah, yeah, let's start off. I would love to hear a little <laughs> bit more of your backstory. Tell us your origin story. What what was going on, the context of your life that you're like, you know what? I want to be a reality TV guy where I'm helping scale people's businesses live. I want to hear a little bit more of that backstory. Can you hear us, Nate? Oh, dropped him for a second. I'm sure he'll hop back on just in a second. No worries. Hey, good morning, Amy, Anthony. Uh, we've got Serena as well and Chuck and Joy. Got Carla hopping on. There we go. Okay, I'm going to ask you to unmute. There you go. You're back. Uh, go ahead and unmute. And then there you go. Right, Perfect. There we go. All right. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. So I'll ask that question one more time. We'll cut out yeah. post. No worries. So uh, welcome, everybody, uh, to Leveling Up. This is uh, going to be a great episode. We're going to talk about scaling your business mm -hmm. with my good friend, uh, Nate Drew. He understands exactly how to scale a business, and he's done it live on TV. He's a great host, and he's going to be sharing a little bit more about his backstory. So go ahead and tell us a little bit more about, about your experience scaling businesses. Sure. Okay. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate that. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll start with uh, when I started a business in general. So I, I grew up as, uh, when I was 15, I started composing music for orchestras. And uh, I went to UCLA and I interned in Hollywood with some of the top composers in Hollywood. And uh, I... Uh, basically started writing music for film, sun up to sundown. And mm -hmm. I actually lived, I, I started getting all these international awards for my music. And I actually lived in a single wide trailer for, for about nine years. And at the end of that, I was making no money and I had my family in a single wide trailer and I got kind of angry at life. Uh, so there was, there was a day I can remember where, uh, I needed a break from writing and it was sunset. So I went outside to see the sunset and I just got like, I felt nothing from that sunset and it made me feel so weird. And I went inside and I, I got angry and I just, <laughs> I searched on Google for what do rich people do? And uh, what I found was the 5am club and meditation. And so I would, I started getting up at 5 a.m. and I would put on my headphones and walk around the trailer court and listen to these, these guided meditations. And uh, from there, everything started to change in some really big ways. And I started to look at myself rather than as a composer, as a creator. And I started thinking about different things that I could create in life. And uh, this included a lot of different things. I, I created an orchestra, the Solid Pops Orchestra, uh, which uh, now has millions of views on, on YouTube. And uh, then I 
created a YouTubers group, which is now the second largest YouTubers group in the world next to Los Angeles. Uh, and, and then, uh, I, I got my brother who had been gone for, for decades, uh, from Utah to come and move back. And we started a company called Profluent where we've gotten a, a 130 consecutive authors on the New York times, you say today and wall, wall street journal bestseller lists. Uh, uh -huh. and, and st I started working with these really high net worth individuals. Uh, and see, we, we don't make money on the books. We make money on the business that is behind the books. And so we would take a percentage of these businesses, uh, and that's that's how we made our money in that business. And and these guys we worked with were these really high, high net worth individuals, uh, mm -hmm. guys like Kai Fu Li, who's the Bill Gates of China, who owns more than two hundred AI companies. Uh, he was the guy who formed the group that created Siri. Uh, he created uh, t a voice to text. Uh, so really amazing individual. Um, guys like John Maxwell and Peter Diamandis, who created X Prize, that that actually created SpaceX, that uh, to Elon created. Uh, so guys like that, and and one day, uh, so again, I get into meditation a little bit, but there was the, I was I was thinking and, and pondering about, you know, is there a way to bring this to guys who are not so high net worth, you know, our small businesses, you know, how do we help them scale? And uh, I got done meditating one day and just had this download of this reality show where it basically would gamify uh, scaling businesses, small businesses uh, through poker and get all of these guys that we'd work with on with these books um, to be coaches on the show. So guys like Marshall Goldsmith, who's the highest paid executive coach in the world, he's now the, the head coach on, on that show. Uh, and season one was amazing we we scaled businesses the the least amount was 3x and the person who won uh x their business by 30 times and so really massive success on that show and right now that's what i help people do is i help them scale their businesses and and gamify it all with poker which is is super fun uh, especially in utah where not a lot of people are used to playing poker uh, most of the businesses that I have have never played poker. And so they have to learn a new skill, which is great. And the correlations between poker and business are striking. Uh, let's talk about poker real quick. Um, poker, you have to know numbers really well, uh, just like business. So you have to know, you know, what's in the pot, what's in your stack and uh, what's the likelihood of your cards hitting, that kind of stuff. You have to know the numbers really well. But then you also have to know people really well. You have to understand uh, you know, their personalities and when they're likely to bet and what, when they're likely to fold and, and how to influence people at a poker table. Uh, so that's a really great skill you have to learn. Uh, you also have to understand when you have a really good opportunity and how do you take advantage of that great opportunity? So all of these things are, are basic skills in business that you learn at a poker table that, especially in Utah, people just, they're not used to this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So, so, so now I actually have these Wednesday night masterminds where we have 30 to 40 business owners um, come to my home in South Jordan and we play these big poker tournaments and they, they learn poker and we help each other with business. Uh, and I do different events where we also have speakers come in and teach different business skills. Uh, I have an event that's a, a YouTuber event as well. So we, in, we have guys like the Ninja Kids who have 20 million plus subscribers and the Tannerites have 20 million plus subscribers and they come and speak and teach business owners 
how to create warm, consistent leads through YouTube. Uh, and so that's basically what I do for the most part, but I also still run the, the orchestra and I do a lot of uh, music videos on the side. So cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's, let's break it down a little bit. So in the very beginning, I, I feel like there's probably a time that, that you're like, I would love to not just be able to scale the, you know, the big businesses, yeah. but be able to help, you know, main street businesses. What, what was that mind shift like for you? How, how did you come up with that idea and how have you been able to implement some of those things consistently? Yeah. So what I really did was I set the intention. I want to help small businesses. I don't know how, I don't know what that looks like. Mm. So so I had this picture in my mind. I want to help these businesses. I want them to scale massively. Uh, I'm doing this with, you know, bigger businesses that have a lot of money. How do I do that with smaller businesses? Um, and I, I kind of le left out the how, the how. I'm just like, I'm going to do this thing. Uh, and it's just, and how does that feel to me? It feels exciting. It feels fun. Uh, and I just kind of felt the emotions of having that thing. And then eventually, you know, that day when I was meditating and I came out of my meditation, it just kind of all downloaded and I had to write everything down as fast as I could because it was just all of this really amazing information coming to me. And then I approached my brother. I was like, hey, do you think this is possible? He's like, mm, yeah, I think that's amazing. And then we approached Marshall. He's like, oh, yeah, let's do that. This this sounds like fun. And uh, So it just took off really fast. I love that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get struck with those inspirations and we're like, oh, I'll write it down later. Mm. But it's in that moment that you actually write down your thoughts, your ideas, that that you capture it. You know, in Chinese, there's this expression that if you, the, the faintest of ink is better than the brightest of memories. Mm. This this idea that whatever you're you're capturing in your head, if we get it from behind our, our eyeballs to in front of our eyeballs, we can now start to do something with it. And other people can can see it too. Uh, well, can you talk to that point about how you you conceptualized it? Yes, but how did you actually write it down? What did you do to get it out of your head and onto paper? Well, so I, I would call this an inspiration. Uh, and <clears throat> inspirations, when they come to you, it's all about timing. When an inspiration comes to you, it means that is the right time and you need to move on it right then. So Yes, I was writing it down, but I wasn't writing it down to come back to it later. I was writing it down to get it out of my head. And then I started moving on it in that moment. So to me, everything is about timing. You get inspiration in the right timing for you to move forward with it. So if I had moved later and just put it down on paper and then I was like, eh, I'll come back to it when it makes sense. Uh, I may not have gotten Marshall Goldsmith or some of the other coaches that I got on the show because it may have been the wrong timing. So to me, and, and I have these coaching groups that I coach every week, um, what I tell them is when you get an inspiration, yes, write it down, but act on it right then. Act on it. Because that is that is the universe telling you this is the time. Okay. The universe telling you this is the time. And sometimes we we have these inspirations, but if we don't act on them, you hear that expression, strike, strike while the iron's hot. If you strike at the wrong time, you waited a day or two, or maybe three or four. Maybe that time has passed because opportunity arises, but it just passed by. It, it would be hard for someone to convince me that timing is not everything. Mm. Mm. Timing is so important. I, I, I have a background as an actor, 
mm-hmm. and you have music as a background. Mm-hmm. So you think about timing. If you don't have good timing, there's no way your audience is going to enjoy what you say. They're not going to, they're not going to connect with the story that with, with musicality, if you are off on your, your timing, <laughs> the entire orchestra is going to sound awful. We've all been to a middle school uh, mm-hmm. performance and you're like, Oh God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, true. It's true. Yeah. Timing is everything, but let, let's talk about this as well. So in the very beginning, <clears throat> when you've got a brand new business, mm. you're like, I know I want to scale. I don't mm. know how. how, what type of advice would you give to someone that has that desire? They have a great idea. Maybe they've even started making some good revenue, but they have no idea how to take it to that next level. Well, so the how is not as important as the what, mm. what, what do you want to accomplish and, and why do you want to accomplish it? And and really what I would do is spend a lot more time rather than on the how do I accomplish this on what, what the what is it and, and why do I want it? And, you know, if, if you want to um, 10x your business, uh, I would think about, okay, well, what does that even look like when it's 10x? And what does that mean for me? And how do I feel about that? You know, does that make me excited? Like if I were to get there and it's 10x, okay, now how do I feel? I feel... Maybe I feel more free. Maybe I feel like more more of a powerful person. Maybe I feel um, like I can do anything. Uh, maybe I feel like I'm I'm truly helping people, and it makes me feel amazing about myself. And mm-hmm. and I think about okay, well, at that point, maybe I'm living in a new house and I have a new car. Uh, maybe I, I have all these people in this group now that I'm really truly helping, and it makes me feel amazing about myself. And I truly live in the moment of of having that thing. Uh, I do, and I, I preach what's called a future memory. So I, I create a specific point in time in my future. And I say, okay, let's detail this exact moment and say, okay, now that I've 10x to my business, how do, how do I create a memory, a future memory about having that thing? Okay, so... Maybe I've just bought a box at at a, a, a jazz game, and and now I have several of my clients in this box with me watching the jazz game, and I'm sitting there, maybe next to my wife, and we have this really amazing moment uh, where we look at each other and we look at these people that we're helping, and um, I, I look down at the keys of my new car, and I go, man, is this my life? Like, is this, is you know, and you create as vivid a memory as you can. Maybe maybe you're holding like a steak or something because they, they cater this event and it's this really nice high-end steak. And, um, and maybe even you have one of your kids that you invited with you. I don't know. So, so whatever you want that memory to be, you create a full memory around having the thing. And I call it a future memory. Um, they, there's a group down in um, California. Um, I think it's Pasadena, but they're, they're a group of these physicists who are creating what is called the theory of everything. And mm-hmm. one of these ideas is that <clears throat> time is not linear, it's more circular. And the idea that um, in the now, you can change both your future and your past yeah. uh, because it's all all cyclical. And so the idea of having a future memory basically changes both your, your past and your future. That's why I call it future memory. And, and this it can be proven that uh, when you have this kind of future memory, it actually rewires uh, your circuitry in your brain to go, oh, that's a memory. And it 
calls that memory to you in your future. I love that. Now, I, I've heard this called future pacing. You're, you're painting the picture of possibilities. And I think that is so key. This is a skill set. It's not something that you just are born with. Yeah. You you can develop this, this idea, get the data that you need to be able to, to recall that future memory. Uh, maybe what are some of those data points that you you encourage people to, to set that memory or that anchor so that yeah. they can see themselves in those places? Yeah, I, I think... I think most people, including myself, forget uh, that we are we are vibrational beings in a physical world, uh, and and so all of these senses that we have are really we we are de detecting vibration. That's mm -hmm. what we're doing: sight, smell, taste, touch. We're we're it's ways for us to detect, and we're so good at detecting vibration that we just don't even think about it anymore. And so, in those future memories, if you can bring in sight, smell, taste, touch all of those elements, uh, it makes it vivid. It makes it real. It, it, you also, you could make it a little bit fantastical if you want to, but what, whatever makes you feel really good and makes you feel like you have the emotions in that moment, that's really what you want. And you can also kind of add to that uh, on a regular basis and go, okay, well, I'm there. Well, what did I do just before I got there? Okay, well, maybe I, I drove my new Bugatti and I, I had someone, you know, a valet park it for me and I gave them a really big tip. And, you know, so you add little little bits to the memory every once in a while and it, and it makes it more and more real and you get more of the emotions around it. I love that. So you're really tapping into all of the senses and yeah. recognizing those vibrations. I think that was, that was a great. Yeah, yeah, which is why I also mentioned the steak and maybe you're eating the steak and you can kind of taste the steak. Right. And yeah. and, and the jazz games going on and maybe they're playing that that organ organ thing that 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 right so you're hearing that and maybe you hear the the people behind you talking and talking about how amazing this experience is for them and uh and and maybe you're you're holding your wife's hand and so there's that kind of that touch element to it and uh and and maybe you can smell you know popcorn and and other things in the arena so you're adding all of these elements to it that make it more and more real uh the, the most important part though actually is the emotions so the only reason we want anything in our life is because we think we'll feel better when we have it. So having the emotions, the improved emotions in that moment really are actually the most important thing. I love that. And one of the things that I think is great with storytelling that you're, you're telling yourself is let's live this moment, not just think about it. Right. You're, you're trying to live that moment so that those emotions come from, from you and you're evoking those emotions. You can evoke those emotions by having that experience in your mind and one of the amazing things that i always think of is a quote by my by my grandpa he says imagination is a place mm. you can literally go there in your mind yeah and imagine what it's like to be in that jazz game to hear people smacking those uh those noisemakers and experience it so i thought that was a that was a beautiful I love that. Uh, yeah, there's there's a, a teacher that I really enjoy called Abraham Hicks, and um, she teaches that uh, there's a, a place called your vortex where you have all of you know we create desires every day. When someone's uh, not nice to you, you you create the desire that you want people to be nicer to you. When you don't have enough money, you create the desire you want more money. And uh, she says that this vortex is where you keep all of those desires. And if you can live in that vortex more often, you'll get more of those things that you've created throughout your life. When you have a desire, that is cr the creation process. And yeah. so living in that space of those things that you want. And, and the thing that keeps us from there, uh, 
most of the time for most people is that we're living in 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 the now and we only see what we have right now and really truly what we have right now is kind of you know old news we've created that already it's here we've already created it and what we're creating in our future is what we're thinking about and what we're feeling now moving into the future yeah really that that vortex that's such an interesting verbiage because words they create they create our world hmm. and the vibrations that that vortex i think that's that's such a unique concept hmm. when when you first discovered this type of uh of thinking of setting the the future memory mm -hmm. uh, how did that start to impact your clients to be able to scale their business you know that's it's it's actually something that i ask them every week uh, on our coaching calls uh, it's you know what what was your inspiration for the week that you can share with the group and we always get some really interesting thoughts and, and an inspiration doesn't have to be a world-changing thing at all. It could simply be, you know, you get done with meditation or you're driving your car, you're in the shower, and you get super excited about cleaning out a drawer, right? So the drawer has been cluttered for a long time. You get super excited about cleaning out this drawer. Well, what will happen is you'll clean out the drawer, and then you'll be excited to do something else. You'll like, okay, I cleaned out that drawer. Now I'm going to go clean out this room. And, and in that room... You know, maybe you you're like, oh man, I've had this uh, this stereo system for a long time, and I've never figured it out. Kind of want to figure that out now. And so you'll figure it out, and you go, oh, this is great. Now I have great music in my life. And then maybe you'll have a repair guy come in, uh, and um, and you'll be playing some of the music, and and he'll be like, oh man, what is that? And you're like, oh, you know, this is <laughs> this is some rap that I listened to when I was a kid. You know, this is NWA or I don't know, whatever. And he'll be like, oh yeah, man, like I rap, like I'm really good at that. And you'll and you'll bond over this thing and, and you'll create these moments in your life. Cause I mean, the whole again, the whole reason we want anything is because we think we'll feel better when we have it. And and sometimes those little rabbit holes lead us to the things that that fulfill us the most in emotionally speaking in our life. So it doesn't have to be a world-changing thing every day. It could just be a little tiny thing that you do that kind of changes the whole trajectory of your day that, that helps you to feel fulfilled and find that joy. I love that. It's in those tiny little moments where, where we make those course corrections to whatever it was that we want in our, our future that we really gain momentum, I, I think is where, where you're, you're going as well. There's, there's connection in, in everything. Mm. Uh, there's an expression in Chinese, the difference of a hair can become a thousand miles if it goes yeah. un uncorrected. Yeah. And when, when we think about uh, inspiration, sometimes it seems in the moment that it's not, not a big deal, but you think about, well, if you didn't go and clean out your drawer and then you didn't go fix the stereo, you wouldn't have had that amazing moment with that, mm. that, that repair guy. So it is so true. Those, those acting upon inspiration moments mm. can paint your future in such a great way. So mm. Let, let's dive in and talk a little bit more about uh, this idea of who over how. I, I love this this idea because you have a great networking group. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you plug people in and connect them so that the the resources are in one person that they have this need and then this the resources of this other person that has this need can go and match? How, how do you become that connector for people? Well, I mean, you have to really care about people. Mm -hmm. 
So I view people as another version of myself, uh, meaning uh, every person that I'm surrounded with is mirroring to me a version of who I am. Mm. And so when I look at them as really an extension of me and I say, okay, well, if that's an extension of me, how would I want to be helped and how would I want to um, be seen and heard and, you know, talk to them as if they're an extension of me. And then I uh, treat them accordingly and I figure out, okay, well, who, who would be the best connection for you? What's the next step for you? Uh, and I guess those, those are the questions I ask and then I move on it. Oh. and if we don't have good information we can't have good inspiration so i think that that's asking the right questions and then caring enough about people to listen to what they're saying and then connecting them to who would in your network that you know could meet their needs well i'm going to disagree with you on a small level oh, okay go ahead if, if if you give me permission to i don't want to um <laughs> So I, I actually don't think you need information to have good inspiration. And in fact, sometimes I feel like it, information can get in the way of good inspiration. Sometimes we have a preconceived notion as to what should happen, and that can get in the way of something even better. Oh, okay. I, I can totally see your your perspective on that. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, I, I feel like it can go both ways. If you don't have all the information, you, you may be giving... Uh, a direction that they don't want mm -hmm. but a lot of times our our gut feeling really does know better than our, our conscious mind <laughs> so yeah so there's there's a there are two aspects of who we are mm -hmm. there's this part of us that is in the now that is right here mm -hmm. there's this part of us you can call it the soul you can call it inner being whatever you want this this eternal part of us that has this this it's all knowing, it's eternal knowledge, it's all of that stuff. And so really what you're trying to do, and this is what they call alignment, right? Um, you're trying to get into alignment with that eternal part of yourself that actually has a lot more knowledge than if we were even to, to talk to someone and figure out all of the little details. Uh, it's that thing, that part of us that allows us to tap into the knowledge um, that that probably we, we couldn't figure out right here. Yeah, I, I think alignment is a, a huge value that if, if you're out of alignment, a lot of times there are things that just don't jive in your business, in your life. Mm -hmm. But when you can bring those into alignment, mm -hmm. you can finally cut out some of those things that are distractions. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in your uh, experience with scaling businesses, how can realigning or getting the, that internal being like you're talking about, that soul connected with, with their business? help people actually scale their business faster. They're in alignment. It changes everything. Every, every single client that I work with, every business that I work with, I require that the first thing that they do in the morning is meditate. Hmm. Every single person has to do that. And, and the reason why that's so important is because our brains, especially mine and most business owners, uh, have ADHD brains. Their brains are going a mile a minute. They're thinking about everything and everyone and the most important thing that any business owner could possibly do is to wake up in the morning, brush your teeth, get a drink, go to the bathroom, whatever, get comfortable, find a room in your house. Everybody should be asleep at this point. So you need to wake up before everybody in your house, um, find a comfortable position to sit in a, in a you know, dimly lit room, 
uh, pick out a sound in the room like a fan, set a timer for five to 15 minutes, um, focus on the sound. And when your mind wanders, and it will, you bring your thoughts back to the sound again and again. It's like doing bicep curl reps, right? So you, you bring your attention back. And the whole point is to get your, your brain in a space where there is no resisted thought. So if you can get into a space of non-resisted thought, then that eternal part of you that has all of the knowledge you could possibly ever want can then start speaking to you and giving you ideas and inspirations that will lead you to exactly where you want to be. And that changes everything in your day. It creates a momentum for your day that you could not possibly get in any other way. I love it. So for, for a lot of people, it's five to 15 minutes is all you need to center those thoughts and get rid of all the distractions, focus on that little hum of a fan or whatever mm -hmm. uh, is in your, your environment and mm -hmm. clearing that mind so that you can have that uninterrupted thought. I thought that was beautiful. Can you talk a little bit more about uh, why that's so important in business? Yeah, so this is what I preach. You you can move uh, step by step if you use processes and systems, which I have plenty of process systems that are very successful. But you can take quantum leaps when you receive inspiration. Mm. And and I preach that, that you should have coaches. Uh, coaches will help you a lot. Mentors and coaches will help you a ton. Uh, but they can only move you so far. It's the inspiration that will help you make quantum leaps. And so that's why I look from my clients every week for those inspirations. What inspirations did you get this week? That's going to move you more than anything else. And, and in fact, when you work with a coach or a mentor, you have to take their teachings and kind of apply it into your inner world, if you will, and, and figure out what they meant and, and how does that work with what I'm trying to do in my life, with my sole purpose. Uh, but when you get inspiration when you are in alignment and you get that that kind of lightning strike and that good feeling thought, mm -hmm. then that is pure. You move with that and everything changes. I love that. And that inspiration isn't coming from from other people. It's coming from within and from from God. So it's like that's directly to you. Yeah. So yeah, the greatest mentor of all, right? The greatest mentor of all. Absolutely. So how have you been able to help people become more receptive to their inspirations? Just by, by teaching them uh, meditation. That, yeah. That's really the most powerful thing that you could do in your day, period, end of story. Yeah. Meditating the first thing in the morning, which creates some, it's, it's harder to do it later on in the day because you create a momentum of thought and it's harder to get to that non-resisted stage where you don't have any resisted thought. Uh, Beginning of the morning, that's the perfect time to do it. I love it. You, you think of this non-resisted thought. That makes me think of being able to take the brakes off so you can actually accelerate. Because some people, it feels like you're pushing on the brakes and the accelerator at the same time. It's like, and you just, you get. Yeah, most people are used to a certain level of anxiety in their life. Yeah. Most people are used to a certain amount of negative emotions in their life. They just get used to it. And when you get into that non-resisted thought state, you no longer have that. And for some people, it feels a little bit weird to go, oh, wow, wait, I don't have any anxiety, any anxiety right now. I don't have any, any thoughts of, of negative things happening right now. And that's not normal for most people. So 
having that become normal for, for yourself and for your clients, that's meditation. Mm -hmm. And then when those negative thoughts come up, unpacking them so that you only have the good things. What tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, I would never unpack a negative thought. Yeah. Uh, a negative thought can come up and you can notice it and that's great. Uh, negative emotions. They're, they're, they're important as a sign. Mm. So your gas gauge on your car, uh, you're not going to put a sticker over it. Um, <laughs> so, and, and just say, Oh, I don't want to know. And when, when it's on empty, you use it as a sign to say, oh, I'm getting close to empty. I need to refill it. Great. Um, but but the same thing with negative thoughts or negative emotions. It's just a sign to go, oh, you know what? I've separated. And, and this is the whole thing with negative emotions. When you have a negative emotion, the only thing it means is the story you're telling yourself in this moment is, is bogus. You're separating yourself from who you really are. So whatever that thought is, whatever that story is you're telling yourself, uh, I'm not good enough and I'm I'm not worthy, whatever that is. Tell yourself the opposite and feel that more than likely that's the right thought. That's the correct thought. That's the, the truthful thought. And the other one is bogus. And that's why it gave you a negative emotion. I love that. So think of it as a sign. I, yeah. I've had some coaches talk to me about allowing uh, those emotions to wash over you mm -hmm. so that you can step out and recognize, oh, this is what I was thinking. Here's the story I was telling myself Yeah. now watching it pass. Like, Oh, that's what was the story. Did that yeah. serve me? Yeah. Is it something I actually want in my life? If it does serve you, then great. That's helping you get to your, your sole purpose. But if it's not serving you, let it wash over and just keep going. Well, the, the, the truth is a, a negative emotion is never serving you. That's why it's a negative emotion. Yeah. And I, I like that. that it doesn't ever serve you. Uh, so this this idea of unresisted thought, I, I think, mm -hmm. is very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you've created that through meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, and you said that's the single thing that helps your clients be able to start to get more inspiration. And, and you can get there. Uh, you can get to a meditative state in, in other ways. The, the, the most likely places for a meditative state is when you're driving, mm -hmm. uh, when you're in the shower, uh, sometimes when you're doing some menial task like washing the dishes. And you just kind of zone out. Yeah. Uh, there are like, uh, you know, as a music guy, sometimes you get in the zone writing music and that's that's a meditative state. Uh, you know, athletes will get into that state when they're they're just doing their thing. You know, they've been practicing and practicing and practicing and now they're just in the zone. So that's kind of a meditative, meditative state where you're in non-resisted thought. I love that. And I think depending on our skill set there there are certain elements of any any job hi Don. Juanita sorry that was my daughter <laughs> but um one of the things that that i think is really helpful with with this idea of un, unresisted thought mm. is is not judging the thought first letting it come to you so you can you can accept what is this actually meaning uh mm. can you talk to us about the meaning that you assign thoughts or the stories that you uh, you assign, because maybe we don't even know if it's a negative thought yet until we feel the emotions afterwards. Tell us about your process. Well, and I mean, an unresisted thought would never have judgment anyway, because it's an unresisted thought. Um, when you assign judgment to a thought, I mean, it's okay to to look at a thought and go, okay, what is that? Uh, to me, it's not really necessarily about the thought. It's 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 really about the emotion. 
the, when the emotion hits you, you go, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and you say, okay, that's either a thought that feels good or it doesn't feel good. If it feels good, great. That's awesome. Amplify it. If it doesn't feel good, you go, okay, that's interesting. That's a signpost. That means whatever I'm thinking right now uh, is incorrect. So what what's the opposite of what what the story I'm telling myself right now? You know, um, you know, in the moment, maybe, oh man, I didn't have enough for that that shirt that I really wanted to buy, and that feels bad. Oh, that's interesting. Why do I feel a negative emotion about that? It's just a shirt that I can't buy. Oh, because I'm telling myself that I can't make enough money for that. I'm telling myself it's not possible to have that shirt. I'm telling myself I'm not worthy to have that shirt or that I'm bad in some way. Well, what's the opposite of that? Well, I can have that anytime. Um, I'm making more and more money in my life and I'm creating more abundance in my life. Those feel those thoughts feel way better than that thought. And so you just feel it out that way. And it, it really does sound like the story you're, you're telling yourself, mm-hmm. is it serving you? Is it creating those positive mo- emotions forward? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've heard this expression, moved people, move people. And mm-hmm. when you are in motion, when you're doing things, uh, it's in that action that often we can we can have those those emotions come forth. So in acting, uh, I, I learned this a, a while back that a lot of times you have to physically be doing the mo- the movement before the emotion will come. Yeah, so, sure. And I've heard, I've heard it say, oh, go ahead. I've heard it said in a different way where um, uh, emotions create motion. Right. Yeah, I I think they're intrinsically tied. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then they've shown people who that there are people who um, don't have regular emotions, and they just they're lazy. They don't do a lot because they don't have something moving them forward. Um, and and which is okay. But if you want to get things done and you have strong desires, which I'm guessing everybody here does, they have super strong desires, or they wouldn't be on this. Um, then, then noticing your desires and moving forward in your desires, that is the definition of happiness. If you're on your journey and you're accomplishing little things to move you towards your desires, you're going to feel fulfilled. You're going to feel really good about yourself. I, I think that's so true. I actually have a quote today that I was going to find somewhere to fit it in. Here's, here's the quote by uh, Navel Rav, uh, Rav Vinkant. It says, mm-hmm. the people who succeed are irrationally passionate about something. Mm-hmm. Irrationally passionate about something. So let's talk about, about passion and about how sometimes as business owners, we feel irrationally passionate about our business and how do we hone that passion into something that is scalable, something that. Well, what I love about passion is it it's, it's a positive emotion that creates focus. Yeah. And to me, focus is the power that creates worlds. Hmm. When you're creating something, get focused and you'll create something really amazing. Now, you could also get focused on the negative and create something really horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and certainly we all do that. Um, you know, all, all we have different topics in our lives. And when we focus on a specific topic, uh, we, we create more of that thing. So uh, Tony Robbins says something about what you focus on grows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is, it doesn't matter if you're focused on the positive aspects or the negative aspects, that thing is going to grow in that way. So um, if you have a topic, uh, money is always pretty charged. God is pretty charged. Uh, politics are pretty charged. Um, if if you're focused on that thing and it has a negative emotion for you, 
uh, you either have to do some work to change that to a more positive emotion, or you stay away from that topic. The, the idea is, um, let's say you have 10 topics in your life, 10 things that you want to focus on, 10 things you're growing, 10, 10 whatever. Uh, and let's say that nine of them are going horribly wrong. If one of them is going well, if you just focus on that one that is going well, it will change the others. Yeah. So don't focus on the things that don't feel good to you right now. Focus on the things that do feel good. If if the only thing in your life right now that is going well for you is that your dogs are healthy and happy, well, sit with your dogs, pet your dogs, play with your dogs, and then that will change the other things. And now, okay, now I actually want to go out and work out because that feels kind of good to me right now and it'll create some momentum there. And now, now that I've worked out, oh man, you know what? I feel way better about my finances right now. Maybe I'll make a few calls because that feels really good to me. Um, and, and so in that way, my my suggestion is not to focus on the externality. Don't, don't focus on um, going out and making a bunch of money. Focus on the internality, uh, meaning uh, the, not, the unconditionality. So right now, and this is something that I practice a lot, like when I'm in the car, is I'll go, okay, how can I get happy just by thinking about happy? Like I don't want to. I don't want to create uh, any memories right now. I don't want to think about any anything, any externalities. What does happy feel like? And I'll just think about happy, and I'll allow myself to feel more and more happy just by thinking about happy, which is a practice that I use. And sometimes I'll use the word fun, or I use the word excitement, or I'll, you know, all these different words. And how do I feel that in an unconditional way? And that focus creates those things in my life that equal that. So if I'm focused on fun, I'm feeling the, the the emotion of fun. And that's the focus that I have. Okay, fun, fun. Now, uh, you know, something pops up in my life where uh, someone just invited me to a really interesting um, networking event that sounds like a lot of fun. And I go and I have all this fun there. And then... Uh, you know, someone invites me over uh, for a lunch and I go to the lunch and I, we have a ton of fun at the lunch. And so it's creating this this focus of emotion. And and by the way, that's what we all want anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the money that we're trying to make in business, the 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 cars, or the houses or the relationships or the health that we're trying to create, they're, they're all there because we want to have fun and joy and love and laughter and all of those things. So, so to me, it's more about let's focus on the emotion and let's have passion on the emotion. Let's have this focused emotion. And that creates all of the other things that we could possibly want in our lives. And sometimes we, we've had these desires throughout our whole life. It would be really hard to remember the, the desires that, that um, I had when I was a five-year-old, but those desires are still in my vortex, right? And yeah. so... If I just have the emotions of fun or joy or love or laughter and all those things, then those desires will be created in my life, um, whether I, I have thought about them or not. I love that. Uh, that reminded me of a, as a prophet that taught me this, but mm -hmm. this idea that our mind is like a stage mm -hmm. and allowing good actors, those that have those positive thoughts to, to be playing out on our mind. Mm -hmm. That is so much more important than letting any of those bad actors get up there. If they get up there. You, you take that crook and you pull them off. You let 
let the good actors be on stage. And that was exactly aligned with what, what you were saying. You think about what is working, what's going well, and it will start to have a ripple effect in your life. Although I, I might caution against calling them good and bad actors because oh, they're, that's fair. they're all typically good. Um, it's just if they're negative emotions, it's, it's, it's an indicator. And mm -hmm. by the way, we're not here to just be happy all the time. Right. Like we're here for contrast. Like in music as a composer, I create moments of intensity mixed with moments of peace. Mm. I create moments of dissonance that feels weird. And then I create moments of release. Mm. And you don't have beautiful art without that. When we talk about photography or paintings, you know, if if the whole thing is just white, there's no contrast in there. There's 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 nothing beautiful about it. But then when you add you know, dark blacks and, and reds along with the white, and you add these different contrasts in that painting, now you have something beautiful. And that's what life is too. And realizing that the blacks and the whites are equally just as good. The negative emotions are equally just as good as the positive ones when you know what they mean. Mm. When you understand that all of the negative emotions, they just mean that you have created a story uh, that is opposing what is reality. And you realize that and go, oh, yeah, okay, well, let me change that thought. Great. Now I feel great about it. And by the way, now I'm more clear about what I want. Because when you know what you don't want, you more clearly know what you do want every single time if, if you can tap into it. Absolutely. It's kind of like a pendulum, right? Mm -hmm. Your experience in the negative can also give you that experience in the positive because you have something to contrast against. You have something to push against. Yeah, you can even think about it like a waveform. So if you know what an audio waveform is... Um, you, uh, the, the depth of, of the valley would equal the height of the peak. Mm. So if you're feeling negative emotion in your life right now, and you're in a really rough spot, well, guess what? You're going to hit a peak that is equal to that. And we're all moving forward all the time. So if you're in a valley, um, and you're moving forward, you're still moving forward. And that valley is preparing you for the next peak that you're moving towards. Yeah, that, that was deep. That was deep. I love it. That valley is preparing you for the peak. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, that I, I would love to, to be even a little bit more curious about is when you have that dissonance in your, in your business, yeah. the, the, the negative or the frustrating parts, what do you do to help people resolve those? First, probably in their mind, but eventually in their business. So they can scale at that level that you're talking about. Oh, you froze for a second. You froze. Oh, where'd he go? It was just a moment. I'm sure he'll hop back on. Give me just a second. He's frozen. Let's see if he got. Can you hear us, Nate? You're still, you're still frozen, my friend. He probably just hop back on. We'll give it just a moment, and then when he hops back on, we'll be good. Uh, I'm gonna read some of these these comments that I think are fantastic. Joe, you said, "Hey." Uh, I agree. Now looking back on the past can keep us focused on wrong things. Yeah. Sometimes that, that can absolutely bring up the wrong 
ideas and motions in us if we focus on those negative things. Thanks, Joy, for sharing that. Annie, you said, what if your inspiration is so big it's not possible to act on at that moment? Uh, may take longer to manifest or does throwing it to the universe step in the right direction? I, I think, honestly, even if you can't do all of it yet, capturing it and then taking one step towards it, what's something that you can do? What is in your power to do? I think that's that's really helpful. And then... Uh, Emmy Lou, you said, amen to that. Uh, getting quiet and listening to the soul gives directions. Yeah, our, our soul does give us direction. That's part of this meditative state that uh, he was talking about. Uh, for me, I call this prayer, but for a lot of people, it's just clearing that mind uh, and having the communication with with yourself and with with God, however it is that you, you need to connect. Uh, we've got Emmy, she also said, uh, internal revelation versus external input. Yeah, that internal revelation is huge. And then Drakari said, uh, would you say having less anxiety after dealing with a life full of anxiety from being in a certain environment creates a new form of anxiety? Interesting. Um, I guess, let me see if I understand your, your question, Drakari. You said, would you say having less anxiety after dealing with a life full of anxiety? from being a certain environment creates a new form of anxiety. I, I wouldn't say it creates a new form of anxiety. It it gives you different tools when you know how to process your, your past and move forward with your future. Uh, but I hope that answered your question. Um, Emmy Lou, you said, can you speak about when you know you need to move from a negative environment or relationship, but stay stuck? Any tips on moving through that? Yeah. Um, Sometimes recognizing what is your uh, your situation and stepping out of it for a moment, that's one way that you could you could actually tap into that. Uh, recognizing what what is the not emotional, just what is actually happening. And then you can say, hey, how do I feel feel about this? Now what am I going to do about it? So moving through that, this is something my mission president, uh, President Herb brought brought up. He said, anytime you have a temptation or you have uh, some type of thought that's distracting from where you want to go, you think all the way through that idea. Think of all the consequences, not just the first immediate consequences. You think all the way through it. And then when you think all the way through those uh, those consequences, you can say, do I actually want that or not? And if you do want them, fantastic. If you don't, then choose to do something else. Uh, Patricia says, "Bear uh, barest impact. My phone is dying. Oh no, your phone is dying. Okay. Well, I do think that uh, impact is so, so important. Um, We'll see if Nate can look back on. I don't know if it was his internet was dying, but uh, if you guys have any other specific questions, we still have another six or so minutes on here. Uh, would love to answer any more of your questions. Or if you're like, hey, that... The question that I asked wasn't quite answered. I want to make sure that I, I respond to what you guys are saying. So I'm honoring your time and your energy. Uh, also, while while we're here, I actually have uh, a gift for you guys. Uh, this is an ebook that I, I wrote recently, uh, all about uh, leveling up your social media. And I'm going to pull up my my intake form so that you guys can, uh, can have that. It'll be awesome. So... One of the reasons that I, I wrote these these notes on different ideas and compiled it into this is so that I can give you guys value as an exchange for keeping in contact with each other. 
uh, doing a newsletter, adding, you know, reminders about this podcast and about how we can stay connected. And that is just one of the, the values that I'm bringing to this call and to, to our community. So let me find that. It's called Leveling Up Your Social Media. And let me give you that opt-in right here. And I'll put that in the chat right there. Okay. Now, as you're diving in with, with that, uh, I don't have it perfectly automated yet, so just be patient with me. After you fill it out, uh, I'll have my virtual assistant send that to you as soon as, you, as we can. Uh, so yeah, just name, email, and then we're opting into that, that newsletter that I send out. So it'll be really, really awesome to get the cutting edge announcements that is going on with, with my business. I'm really grateful to have you guys on today. If this is your first time on one of my podcasts or on uh, one of these calls, go ahead and put uh, a one in the chat. Love to, to see who is, who is brand new. I know I've got uh, at least one person that's brand new on here. I'm really grateful to have you guys. Yes. Anybody else? First time. Serena, welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. And man, I don't know if uh, Nate was unable to hop hop back on, but I just texted him. See if he'll he'll be able to hop back on. But all right, was there any other specific questions that that you guys had? that I could answer or that we could collaborate on because I absolutely love to provide value at the very highest level that I can. And I'm here to serve. So, oh, Berta, you have a great comment. You said, when uh, a negative comes, think in the opposite. Oh yeah, that was great. I thought Nate Drew's uh, idea of just choosing the opposite, playing the opposite is what that's called in theater, in the theater world. A lot of times uh, right before you hit your peak uh, in in like an argument or in a love scene, you have some type of negative. It's like that slap before a kiss. Uh, so important to to play with those contrasts, right? There's dissonance before the resolve in in music. So Emmy, you say thank you, uh, thank you, Brigham. I have missed <laughs> missed being on the calls. You already bring lots of value. Thank you so much, Emmy. So grateful we got got to uh, dive in and answer some of those questions. Uh, Nate just barely hopped back on. Uh, for the last few minutes, I want to make sure that we. Uh, we give him a a moment to to finish his uh, his thoughts. So Nate, we just went through all the questions in the chat, uh, got all those taken care of. But I I did have one question that I thought was really helpful that you would be able to answer better than me. This was from uh, from Emmy Lou. She said, "Can you speak about when you know you need to move from a negative environment or relationship, but stay stuck? Any tips on moving through that?" So you can't get there from there, meaning um, those are conditional situations. Yeah. Uh, the best thing that you can do in a, in a conditional situation that feels bad is, is find a way to ease the situation for yourself. And what you want to do, let's say you have a job that you really hate. The problem is if you try and move on from that job while you hate the job, you will find another job that you hate. Mm. So what you want to do is you want to try and ease how you feel about the job in small ways. And so every day what you'll do is you'll make a small list of why you appreciate the job and, and try and make it as truthful as possible. So if you really, really hate the job, you'll say, well, I guess I, I kind of like the drive to work. 
and sometimes we have pizza for lunch, which is kind of nice. And uh, yeah, I guess Craig's nice to me sometimes. And so, so you'll make a list every day. And what you want to do is you want to move your emotion about that thing. Because again, negative emotions are you telling yourself, yourself a bogus story. Uh, typically, you're in a job or a relationship or whatever because you're learning something from it. And so you don't want to, you don't want to leave it when you hate it. Hmm. That's the worst thing you could possibly do because you're going to find another thing that you hate. Um, now, it, if you're in, in a domestic abuse situation, okay, leave it. <laughs> yeah, that's get out of that. Um, barring that, uh, it's these are uh, external things. And by the way, you've called them into your life on purpose. Hmm. Because there's something you're learning from it. There's something you, you, that is helping you grow from it. And you want to just find yourself in a better emotional space about it. And once you can find yourself, the, the best emotional space for you to create from is to be content with where you are and excited for where you're going. So if you can find yourself and move yourself emotionally in whatever space you're in um, to a place of at least just like contentment, Go okay, I'm okay. I feel okay with where I'm at, but I'm super excited for where I'm going. Yeah, I'm I'm like I'm gonna create this a new job that's gonna be close to my house and it's gonna feel super free for me and they're gonna give me the hours that I want and it's gonna be the pay that I'm looking for and you know I'm content with where I, where I am and I'm excited for where I'm going. Love that. I I think that's very actionable advice you're looking for almost that gratitude uh oh let's see we've got some more but you're you're finding gratitude in what it is that that you're experiencing in life you're looking for those uh those brilliant things before yeah, yeah. you 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 offload it right because mm -hmm. you don't want to go from bad to bad right you want to actually say oh there's there's some great things in what what i've experienced here and I guess that's that's really opening your eyes to to what you do love about it because I don't think we would have gotten into any job if we didn't at least enjoy some part of it. Well, and and let's let's even talk about it specifically. Let's let's say you're in a relationship, and let's say it's not not abusive, um, but you you know you're at a place where you're like, man, I feel like I've been with this person for years, and I feel like we're roommates, and I feel like you know we're going in different directions, and and man, man, it, I just feel negative all the time. And, and I just want to move on. I just, I just want to be done. I just want to move on. Yeah. Okay, great. That's fair. But most likely in that relationship, you have created desires from each other uh, that you can fulfill with or without that person. But once you start fulfilling those desires, wouldn't it be nice to fulfill those desires with the person you created them with? You don't have to find someone else because the truth is you'll find someone else exactly like you at this moment who feels bad about their relationship and they feel bad about these certain things in life. And that's not what you want. You want someone who's content with their life. You want someone who is enjoying and excited about their life. You find people who are exactly like you are right now. I think... That's wisdom. That that was great. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
No. Now, uh, our, our time is pretty much up now, but I want to, to give you a moment to share. How do people find you online? How do we connect mm-hmm. more? And yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit more how, how we stay connected. Sure. Uh, friend me on Facebook, Nathaniel Drew. Um, <laughs> I, I've been at that level because of my, my big YouTube channel where I'm maxed out, but I'll, I'll do my best to, to add people. Um, get rid of some people I don't know and just add people from this. Uh, but also, you know, anything Ace in the Hole. Uh, there's the Ace in the Hole Mastermind group on Facebook that you can join. Um, I actually have a weight loss group. That's the 30 slash 40 weight loss uh, group. Um, and there's also the Grow Your Channel Facebook group where we help uh, business owners grow their YouTube channels to create uh, consistent warm leads for their businesses. Uh, and those are, you know, those groups are for free. Um, but if you want to check out the Solid Pops Orchestra on YouTube, it's a really fun channel where we take a lot of uh, modern popular songs and orchestrify them with uh, people like Lindsey Sterling and uh, Alex Boyer, David Osmond, and some really fun people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much uh, for, for sharing so many great tips and tricks. And mm-hmm. just just speaking from your soul, I really appreciate the the conversation. It was very fun to, to chat with you a little bit more in depth today. And we're going to yeah. stay connected, my friend. Uh, have You're a good. Yeah. great day. Oh, go ahead. You're good, man, Brigham. I appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Have a good yeah. one. We'll see you. All right. Take care. Before we uh, sign off, if you guys would like, I've got that, uh, that Google form right there that you can uh, use as an intake for my new- newsletter. So you can get that free gift of... Love one up your social media that ebook. So anyway, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless.